0: This episode of No Quarter is sponsored by the Underground Retrocade. You love these games, and the way you want to play them is on the original cabinets. You want to see the side art, you want to feel the controls, and you want to hear sting on the stereo. So when you're in the Chicago area, head over to the Underground Retrocade for that authentic arcade experience. Because if you don't love that, then you must have built a fortress around your heart. Just like the game Rampart. The Underground Retrocade, 121 West Main Street, West Dundee, Illinois. I'm Carrington Vanston. This game sucks. And that was Mike McGinnis with an opinion from No Quarter, the classic (laughs) arcade podcast.
1: That's really all you need to know. Uh, Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Maybe that's why you played the wrong game last
0: week because you knew in advance (laughs) how much of a dislike this this game. I don't think this this game was that bad. I liked it. Just saying. (laughs) Just saying. Get to the feedback. I'll, I'll, I'll I'll complain later. There is feedback. We got a few things, even though we're recording this show quite early. Um, Two days we're recording ahead. on Tuesday night, and it's not going to be published until next Sunday. So, because I'm going to be away next weekend um, for work stuff, and so
1: we're Mike is accommodating me, and we're recording early. Thank you, Mike. Well, thank you, Carrington, because we recorded the last show on Saturday, so I only had to play swimmer for three days. I think before we. It um, takes
0: four days
1: to love swimmer. <laughs>
0: that must be it sure mm-hmm. <laughs> the, that 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 was the problem yeah you got me sure <laughs> um so let's talk feedback we got some feedback stuff uh colin wrote in to say thanks for reviewing strider one of my favorite old arcade games did I say thanks sorry I meant what's wrong with you two (laughs) Strider is one of the best action platformers ever you do not understand its glory (laughs) I insist you go back and play it again for another week to learn the error of your ways and when you do here are six hidden secrets to make it more fun Uh, and then he sent us a link over to an article on IGN which is indeed called six hidden secrets in Strider so you can learn all about things like um, the fact that supposedly uh, one of the Developers was driven to suicide in trying to port the game, and there's a hidden <laughs> panda and weird
1: stuff. about the panda. <laughs> we talked pre- about the panda. So, I'm but there's more sure things that, you can learn. I'm pretty sure that I said I liked this game. I mean, I didn't, didn't love it, but I did like it. Maybe he just wasn't listening to me. Nobody Colin ever does. didn't listen to your part. <laughs> so I, I disliked
0: it so much that I also disliked it for you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> disliked, disliked, disliked it enough for both of us. Well, you didn't hate it either. You just. Kind of were I think it was probably more that we'd been playing uh the fight and go right scrolling jumpers, uh, platform jumpers for like three weeks in a row that kinda of wore you down. Mm, this is true. This is true.
0: Yeah, didn't hate it. Well well, I uh, but, nah, I wouldn't say I hated it either, but
1: it was a better than average game, Carrington, and that's all there is to it. Can't give you that much. Uh, Colin
0: ends his email by saying, keep up the great work. I love the show, except when you trash my favorite games. Then I only like the show, but that's still pretty good. <laughs> Colin. Sorry, well, Colin. I tried out. to convince him. He just doesn't listen to me. Neither, neither uh, do you. So <laughs> this, this is true. <laughs> So John wrote in as well. We actually got quite a bit of feedback, considering it's only two days after we published <laughs> the last episode. Uh, John wrote in to say, thanks once again for making my Monday morning not only bearable, but fun. I love hearing old dudes talk about old games, but... And isn't there always a big but? I think that some of that old dude bias is shining through in your non-love for Strider. Like you, I remember the day I noticed that my favorite game room had more run to the right and kill all the things games than anything else. It sucked. But home games were coming into their own and Strider was part of the 16-bit revolution that was led by Sega. To say that Strider, Strider just looked like a Genesis game is to underestimate how cool that was at the I time. didn't say that. Carrington did. Yeah.
1: Almost. Again, another Same. guy not listening to me. <laughs> no one's listening to you. It's all me. I edited the show, so it's all me. John, Colin, you guys disappoint me <laughs> almost as much as Carrington. Almost
0: but not quite. Um, So John says, I remember the first time I saw the game and it was running on a home system, which was incredible to see that many colors, scrolling layers, and sprites all in action. Soon after, I remember seeing the cartridge in a store for $79 US, which in 1990 would be the equivalent of over $143 in today's money. It was an eight mega cartridge, which in today's parlance would make the ROM file just one megabyte in size. But 25 (laughs) years ago, that was a lot of silicon. We take these things for granted now, but back then, this was a minor miracle of consumer electronics. Going back to feedback about feedback, a great part of your show. Don't ever change it. As for Mm -hmm. bubbles,
1: I like Uh, it too.
0: No, (laughs) pinball loving friend. Stop reading. Stop. 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 (laughs) Pinball loving friend introduced it to me at the time. He thought it was cool, and so did I. I'm thinking that since you guys didn't, or you guys don't get pinball, maybe bubbles doesn't work on you either. My friend is a drummer, and we all know their brains are a little different from the general population. Party on, dudes. John, I thought it was a very good email.
1: You see, John, you're, you're hanging out with a bad crowd, and they're influencing you to to like pinball and like bubbles, and it's just it's bad news, man. Turn around now! Bad news. Not, just say no. Seriously, just thanks. Say yes, thanks, for writing. <laughs> thanks <laughs> for writing in again. I, I, I we didn't play the, the console, the home console version of it. I, I hear it's it's a very um, enriching, a life enriching and life changing experience. So maybe that's how we should play it because. Again, the console was better than average, but not outstanding.
0: Yeah, I was never a Genesis guy. Just saying. <laughs>
1: Man, you're just kicking people in the teeth, I'm Bringing it
0: all down. <laughs> you didn't. You didn't ask me how I was today.
1: I figured it was going to be awesome and wonderful and stuff. Don't but apparently, know that. Well, I guess you, not. Because, because you certainly, you certainly are not. How are you, Carrington? I'm amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. Actually, the
0: truth is I had like the worst day at work today, which is going to spill over to a terrible day tomorrow, but I'm now home and I'm podcasting. So, hey, how bad right? how bad can it be? Exactly. <laughs> got to keep perspective.
1: Well, I'm sorry um, you, had a, you had a bad day. That, that
0: Can't sounds... bring me down, baby. I'm still amazing. <laughs> oh, you, uh, you haven't played swimmer today then. I did. Oh, mm-hmm. I, actually, I didn't play it today. i had already played so well and got such a good score. I didn't need to keep playing.
1: Plus, I played well, not two weeks be, ago when you were supposed to. <laughs> not, not to be my score, you didn't have to play well. <laughs>
0: Um, let's see. Who else wrote to? Oh, Karen. Karen wrote in um, just sending us a link to The Shrouded Past of Strider. So thank you for the link. It's also over at IGN. So IGN clearly is a site that loves it some Strider. And this <laughs> is a three page article all about the history of Hyru. Is that how we decided we pronounce it? Oh, the hero. No you know, idea. The, the Strider with the uh, the Tomfa stick that's also a lightsaber. <laughs> that's still the best part. So it's the history of that character and sort of the, the The crooked path that that character took to the multiple versions of the games and the manga and the history and all that that's behind it. So a lot of people who are already fans of Strider might already know some of this stuff, but I didn't know really any of it. I still find it confusing that nobody seems to agree on how the name is spelled. Mm. Uh, This history, while fascinating, doesn't make me like the game more. (laughs) But it is still neat to know. And it's a whole bunch of background we probably should have known to talk about. So instead, I'm just going to say thank you, Karen. And we'll have a link in the show notes. Mm -hmm. And then people can go read about the stuff that we didn't know. Sounds good to me. Um... Let's do one more. We got email from Sing. Well, John, but he goes by Sing, and he says, "Hi guys, it's Sing with greetings from sunny Florida." I wanted to let you know that I love the show and I have binge listened to about eighty-five shows since the start of January. Oh, dude! <laughs> I am in the car a lot, and you two make the commute more fun. Hello, Sing, and oh my goodness! <laughs> wow, <laughs> so he says. I'm so sorry. Uh, I feel really bad for you. Thanks go to the Intellivisionaries and Ferg for letting me know about your show. Also, I just scored an Atari Showcase 3 as a Craigslist curb find. That's nice. It had a crappy main build, but lots of useful parts, including a working computer, and is in immaculate shape. Your show really has inform- really helped me formulate ideas of what I want on the control panel, so thank you. Also, a buddy and I have decided to have a no-quarter competition. Several years ago, we decided, spur of the moment, at a Party that the best way to settle who was the superior gamer was to have a go at Pong. <laughs> <laughs> Neither of us having played it since our youth uh, on an Atari and in uh, on, uh, sorry on an Atari all in one paddle, I got earlier that day. We played in front of about thirty people, his pro athlete twitch reflexes versus my cunning old school skills. I rallied from a seven to two deficit, won the game, and have never let him live it down. However, we've decided we are going to have a tournament using all the games you cover to determine who is number one. Besides, even if I lose, I'll just revert to reliving the glorious Pong win (laughs) with all those witnesses. Several times, you guys have mentioned that you don't like football. This aired during the second half of the football last night, and all I can say is amazing, amazing. I wanted to make sure you saw it. And of course, what he was sending us uh, was a link to that Pac-Man ad that now famously was in the Super Bowl. I had not seen it at the time because we didn't get um, American Super Bowl ads here in Canada. We get Canadian Super Bowl ads, uh, and I don't see those either because I don't watch the Super Bowl. So there you go. (laughs) But Mike, did you watch the Super Bowl? And did you see the Pac-Man ad during it? No, I I don't care at all about football. Well, there's a Pac-Man ad. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, All sing right. sent us, and sing sent us a link to it and i'm gonna have that link in the show notes because it's totally worth watching if you like old school stuff it's a pac-man ad come on and also um there's a another youtube link he sent to us which is a making of the commercial so you can both see the commercial and then how it was made um and then sing concludes his email by saying keep up the great work i must go now to work on the cab and listen to some yyz from rush ah i like that email a lot
1: He didn't chastise
0: us for for ripping on one of his games. (laughs) It's like the the only happy email we got this week. (laughs) Seek help, Sing. Seriously. (laughs) Um, The only other thing is somebody sent us a link, and I unfortunately deleted how I got it. So I don't know whether it came in by Twitter or email, something. Uh, And so I apologize. But it was about something, uh, an event coming up called the 8-Bit Flip. It's going to take place on Saturday, the 4th of April, and the Sunday, the 5th, also of April. (laughs) It's going to be in um, Norwich, England, and it seems to be uh, a, a, a vintage pinball and arcade expo that's going to be happening so at least we can tell people up ahead of time there's going to be over a 100 machines all set on free play gonna be prizes for playing prizes just for fun uh looks like it's gonna be a really fun event so if you are anywhere in or around norwich england then here's something that you can do in Uh, April, and lots of time to stick it on your calendar, and I will place a link in the show notes. And thank you to whoever sent us the heads up about it, and I apologize for somehow deleting whatever it was you sent us to. I think it might have been on Twitter, but I can't find it now, so I can't find the source, so I cannot thank you in person. So I'm going to thank you through Mike. Mike, thank you. You're welcome. There. See? There you go. Now I feel that it was accomplished. I'll take credit. So that's what we got feedback-wise. Nobody... Nobody wrote in this week to guess that the game was Swimmer, even though we specifically said last week, well, next week, why don't we do Swimmer? Could we,
1: could we just talk more about the feedback for the whole show? Uh, yes, that yes we, we can. Let's go, back. I, I, let's go back and I'll read them all again. Sounds good to me. So Colin wrote in to say thanks. for No,
0: <laughs> no we have to talk about Swimmer. Uh-huh. I, I like this game more than you, clearly, because I think it's a good game. I like it. The music, let's just jump right to that. There's a song that plays in this game. And it's like incessant; it just plays and plays and plays, and I eventually just put on headphones because <laughs> I could not, and listen to other music. I could not keep, no. it. but other than that, I think it's a fun old school game. I dug it.
1: Yep, kind of had to, kind of had to, to drown out the the. It, it, there's this weird sort of high pitched; it's almost a whistle. I think that the the melody that plays through the melody, it, it's part of it. And I think that, it, and because it's such a repeating it's a short little clip of music and it just repeats and never changes. I mean, you get a little bit of sound effects going on, but it's never enough to drown out or change the music. And it quickly becomes, you know, makes me want to stab things. Uh, Swimmer was developed in 1982 by Tekken, also known as Tecmo, and published here in the United States by Century. And that's all we have to say. Thanks, folks. No. <laughs> now, Tekken, te- 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 I always want to say Tekken, but it's
0: T-E-H-K-A-N. Te- t- e- <laughs> I see why they I see why they changed the name to Tecmo. Um, they made games like Bomb Jack and a game we've already reviewed before. They made the game Guzzler. Mm-hmm. Now I know the mostly is Tecmo, so they're more famous now because they did the Dead and Live, Dead or Alive series, and uh, Ninja Gaiden, and Rygar, and Tecmo Bowl, obviously. Um, so they're I think more famous under the Tecmo brand, but they were the guzzler people,
1: and I like that game too. And we've also talked a lot about Century and the, the ports and and uh, licenses that they've released of of Japanese games here in the United States and North America. Because mm-hmm. yeah, now what I like is in the manual for Swimmer
0: they uh it opens by saying uh where is it here swimmer is a microprocessor based coin operated electronic game that makes extensive use of digital integrated circuitry and television monitor concepts it's kind of funny i don't know know why it opens the manual with that because why would you Um, have this manual if you were in front of what do you have this big box and it's like the monolith from 2001 you're like i wonder what this
1: thing is i can see oh now it's clear I could see that if you were, you know, a brand new arcade owner, and you were just opening up shop in 1978, and you didn't really know what these things were that well, you know, seeing a manual But this like is that. But this 82. 82? Come on, 82. Guys. Yeah,
0: exactly. So, and I don't know if that was just left over, and it was always in the the Tekken. Um, manuals or something, but it really stood out to me. Like that's how the manual opens. I'm like, what's what's up with that? So um let's talk about swimmer the game. So unsurprisingly, in the game you play a swimmer. (laughs) So there's a river and you're going to swim up it and uh you have to dodge the bad the baddies, which are um uh like crabs and and water bugs or water spiders and piranhas and that sort of thing. Depending on the stage you're on, you get different baddies. But the main goal is you're going to collect fruit which for some reason are are floating in this river. So it's it's a very weird sort of concept. So you swim and you try to grab fruit, avoid avoid baddies and make it to the top of a stage. Like the whole goal is it's it's just get to the top and then you begin the next stage. There is four different rounds. If you get to the end of that, you're on the island, you are victorious and then you start over. So it's it's a swimming game. The the thing that's I think particularly strange about it as as you swim around um collecting this fruit. And there are cherries and strawberries and bananas and grapes and melons. The cherries don't give a bonus though, but there are these on the right-hand side, not in the river, but just off on the display, there are these sort of silhouettes of the fruit that fill in as you collect them. So since the cherries don't give bonuses, it's the other four, the strawberries, the bananas, the grapes, and the melons. um, It shows four of each in silhouette off to the right and every time you pick one up like you pick up a strawberry it fills in one of the strawberries And the idea is to to fill them all in presumably but it's kind of weird because you're you're collecting strawberries say in the first level and if you get to the end of the first level you'll get a bonus based on the strawberries but you get nothing for the other items and they stay partially filled in and you keep going so it's it it took me ages to figure out like why what's up with the other fruits and it's because each stage has like you you know you got to get your strawberries to to get the bonus for that stage but at the very end if you finish all four stages and you're on the island there's is a big bonus available if you have filled in all the fruit silhouettes so the goal is to fill in all 16 of the silhouettes four of each fruit to open the treasure chest at the end of each level there's a treasure chest that will either open or close and if it opens it opens if you have four of the correct fruit. At the end, there's four possible treasure chests, and they'll all open up if you have all the fruit. So that's the idea. It's much less complicated than I just made it sound. <laughs> the idea is you swim, you pick up
1: fruit, and that, that's the whole game. I wouldn't know about the island because I never made it that far. <laughs> Role reversal. <laughs> Normally, I'm the one saying stuff like that. Well, what you'll, what you'll I think, pick up as, as we go along and talk about this game is that it. Um, one of the reasons I don't like it is because I'm not good at it. It uh, this is a a very punishing game. It's, if I didn't like the games I wasn't good at, we would
0: have yet to find a game. <laughs> we I would have, liked. we'd
1: have quit a long time ago. Um, <laughs> totally. It's, it's so there's very, logs. There's yeah, logs there. in the river. We have ta- Tell us about the logs. There are logs like. in the river. <laughs> uh, most of them are stationary, and as you're swimming for, so it's a top-down. I guess I guess you could call it scrolling because the river sort of moves under you, and you can. You can um push forward on the joystick, and that will sort of increase your speed and But if you let off, there's this inertia that will pull you back down to the bottom of the screen. You actually don't really want to spend a lot of time there because uh what I found is that um as you're as you're swimming up river you have you have a dive button which allows you to um dive under a log or under these the creatures that are coming at you if you need to. And if you're down there at the bottom of the screen and not moving forward at a faster pace, you don't stay under long enough to get under some of the bigger logs. So you'll hit the button, go down and come up right into the log. And when that happens, you die and you start over. Um, And fortunately in this game, there's not a, there's not a checkpoint system like there is in a lot of the Capcom games. So you don't have to go way back to the beginning or you don't lose any progress. You start right where you left off. Otherwise I'd have pulled all my hair out by now. Um, And so as, as these, things are scrolling towards you. You, you can swim in all eight directions, which I think is kind of neat because it does give you the, uh, it does afford you the opportunity to go back and try and grab a fruit that may have passed you a little bit. Now, as it's, it scrolls pretty quickly. And and I found that um, because when you turn around, you don't just flip so that you're facing the other direction to swim back. You actually do a little circle and you have to you know, face diagonal and then face back and then face the other diagonal. And I always would get caught facing sideways and my foot would hit the log. And that's how I died more frequently than anything else. Uh, You can sort of change direction underwater. uh, If you're, so if you, if you're moving forward and you hit the dive button and you have enough speed there and you hit the joystick in time, you can come out facing a different direction, which is a good way to grab fruit. If, if it's near um, obstacles or or creatures Uh, it's, I I think if that stupid music hadn't been there and if I hadn't, (laughs) I felt like, I wasn't making any progress at all in this game. I, I probably would have liked it a lot more. It, it, It's not that it's a steep learning curve. It's easy to learn. I just never felt that I was getting any better. I think I, I played it for three or four days, and I played it a couple hours a night, and I probably played 150, 200 games because my games were so short. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. I, I I would die. I, I only made it past the, the first track, I think is what they call it, the first level. Um, I only made it past that twice and died immediately beyond that. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, so poor therefore, poor I hate it And this game sucks. No, it's, it's, um, it's actually, it's bright, it's colorful. It's, there's a lot of action. And I tell you, it's when you're diving and you're, and these things are coming at you or, or you miss a fruit and you kind of try to, you know, can I get back there and get that before it disappears and that log hits me, it can kind of get your adrenaline going and really suck you into the game. So it's not as bad as I, I make it sound, but I was not very good at the game. So I'm complaining because that's what I do. <laughs> well I dig it because I for a lot of the reasons that you just mentioned that
0: there seems to be there's a lot of action for, for such a simple game and I like the the colorfulness of it and I like I like sort of the look of it I got the concept right away nice simple controls one mm-hmm. angry joystick yeah. one button I think it's an ambidextrous cabinet but really just there's a dive button that's it there's no shooting so it, it's kind of ref- Refreshing, like it's an, in a sense a nonviolent game. I mean, everything in the world is trying to be violent to you, but you are simply a prey <laughs> rather than the predator in this. Like so, but I, so exactly. So I kind of like that that it's a game whose goal is just no. You're gonna swim and collect fruit and try not to not to harm the world, and uh, you know eventually you will be eaten.
1: But yeah. such is the way. <laughs> so I, I, I kind of dug that. I agree. I, I I have nothing against the shooters and the violent games and things like that, but I really do like to see a well done game that doesn't require me to be violent to something else on the screen it's refreshing and it's it's such a different
0: game than the last three we've talked about it's (laughs) like such pretty much clones of each other yeah but but which were you know so platformers and and action games and i I dig that stuff but this is a really refreshing change so i kind of dug that um the enemies you're up against are it's a different enemy per level. So it's not like you face a whole bunch of enemies. You'll, you'll face multiples, but it's always of the same one. So they go turtles first. You would have seen a lot of the turtles. And then there's crabs in the second level. And then um, water spiders, or what? Not water spiders. Those are the ones underwater. But you know those water bugs that float on top of the water, little paddle bugs Striders. or whatever they're called? Water sure. Bird. Yeah, Striders. Striders. See, it's the game. Striders. <laughs> it's back. Um, so there's those. And, and then the last one is fish, which I guess is supposed to be piranha. It, weirdly, the posters for the. The game, at least the English posters, all claim that the third... Enemy are dragonflies, but they are clearly not dragonflies they're clearly sort of standing on the water you can see the little bits where it's like supposed to be water tension or whatever in the graphics so they're clearly those water striders they're not dragonflies, but that's what it claims to be in in the posters um the big there's a big boss in a sense, but it's also a refreshingly different boss battle so at the at the end of the first three rounds, you face a a giant crab like it's like half the width of the river it's just giant crab and In most games, you would have to, you know, throw the fruit you've collected at it or kill it or something. But in this game, just like all the other enemies, the goal is just swim past it. Just try to, don't. Don't attack. Just don't be killed. Um, so it's about sort of timing it as it goes back and forth and get close and then diving under and literally just avoid the boss. So, again, no, no real fighting. Just just it's a game of running away. <laughs> and um, they swim past that. And if you do, that's when you get to that the treasure chest idea. So you'll find out whether you go under a bonus or not. And there'll be a treasure chest. And it'll either if you got four of the right fruit, then it opens and says bonus a thousand points. And if you didn't, it just stays close. It says no bonus. <laughs> so that's what you get. That's all. You would have seen that a lot, of it. (laughs) now the fourth level is the fourth level is different so you make it past all all the pranas, and when you get to the end instead of like the first three where the river's still going down and and you're swimming up and you got to just get under the the um crab instead the fourth level is a different level it no longer scrolls it's a standstill level you've kind of like reached the end in a sense and you're going to face off against a bunch of fish and there are these six rocks like standing stones in the water and it took me ages to figure out like what i'm supposed to do with those Like, do i move them do i put you don't do anything with them <laughs> like, they're there to basically block the enemy use them strategically you can also dive under them but there's just rocks sitting still and there'll be a bunch of piranhas and they come after you and the and and here is where you try to defeat the enemy. Because one, I guess one thing I had mentioned is during the game, there will be these um, little power pills will float down. They call it a golden ring, but it's more like just a little pill thing. And you eat it or catch it or put it on or whatever. You, you touch that sprite and then you become invulnerable, but you also will therefore defeat an enemy because you've got, like, a god mode going on. So during the normal game, you can grab that, and if you
1: touch an enemy, you'll defeat it, and you get 200 points. So I guess that's the only truly violent thing in the game. Well, it's not and really. It's not complete invulnerability. You, if you touch the logs, you still will die. This is true, yes.
0: It just defeats the enemies. So you become that, that, that much invulnerable. The logs are always too powerful for you. So that's, right. that's how you have to finish the, the last level. You're against these piranha, and you have to sort of swim to avoid them, and then a little power pill will come. You take that and you take out the fish. And the fish don't respawn. So once you defeat all the fish, you've now bested the level. And uh then there's basically like this little intermission. It shows you swimming up to an island and you stand on the island in this sort of like victory pose, <laughs> like like a strong man <laughs> or something, like look at my
1: muscles. And there's a well, message it's... that says, "Well done, you are great." And I felt great when I did I, it too. I think that's probably either the either reference to the flyer or the flyer references that little victory pose cuz Okay, so we'll talk about the flyer from Century for here just for a second. It's it's uh, it says, "Come on in. The water's fine." And and uh, there's three blank arcade cabinets on either side of the uh, of this little hallway. And they there's hand drawn animated. There's like a snapping turtle and crabs and a couple of I, know, I guess those are the water striders up above on on top of the arcade machines. And at the end of the short little hallway, there's a there's the shining example of an American hero. He's ten. He's muscled. He's in these red. Trunks and he and he's got his little um, mask and and, um, and and breathing pipe on and he's holding his fins and there's a a blue rectangle behind him that I think is supposed to make it look like he's just come in from outside and it's all blue skies and stuff but it's clearly just a blue sheet that they rolled down in front of it so I thought that was rather rather amusing. I am amused by that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I found that playing this game because the the stuff is scrolling towards you and, and everything's always moving and you feel like, you know, you, you kind of really feel pressured to like grab the fruit and get under the log and keep moving. Um, I, that sort of at first led me to play the game faster or try to, to get through it as quickly as possible, especially because you, you can, by pressing up on the joystick, you can move faster and sort of towards the top of the screen, which sometimes you, you want to do. But, but I found that actually if you, for me, anyway, I did better when I slowed down and sort of picked my path. And there's actually a, you know, a strategy to it. Sometimes it's better to let the fruit go by because there's no way you can really grab it without coming up right into another log or something like that. So when I slowed down and tried to take my time, I did do a little bit better, but not, not really enough to make a lot of progress. And it just made me angry and hate this game. that's where i would also often
0: die is i would dive under something and then i would come up in it like i would not push Mm. forward or and so you'd sort of dive down you come right up where (laughs) you were and so i would i would forget to swim while i was underwater because when you dive down you no longer can see yourself so you just have to have to imagine where you were and then you pop up (laughs) and so i often would die that way um although i did try to always get all the fruit because it's such a big bonus you can get at the end because um each each crate or rather each um is worth a thousand points more than the previous one. So there's four chests, so they're worth a thousand points, then two thousand, three thousand, and four thousand. So if you get all sixteen fruits filled in, you get a ten thousand point bonus at the end. So it's a major point bonus given the the type of scoring that's in this game. Um, so yeah, so I I would frequently die just going for that fruit because it's so important to get it if you're if you're going for a decent high score one thing i noticed about the game is reading about the dip switches and then looking at the settings on the version i was playing i was on easy mode and before you lord that over me that that's why i did awesome <laughs> Didn't the default for the that's game why yes that's why it's easy mode like so the they've got the normal dip switches you can change like how many coins per play or how many plays per coin all that kind of stuff you can start with three four or five swimmers three is the default which is what i was playing on um the you get can get bonus swimmers at a settable amount of 10, 20 or 30,000 points or no, none at all and the default is 10,000 so that's a thing like if you get all the fruits and get to the end you get a 10,000 point bonus and an automatic free player so it's majorly important to get all the fruit even if you have to one time lose a player getting one cuz you'll get that player back at the end anyway so uh and i thought it was kind of weird that it was set on easy difficulty and it's because each time you get to the island the game starts over and the difficulty ramps up. So there's easy, normal, and hard mode. And by just setting a higher mode, you're just sort of like beginning on the second or third time through. That must and be what, the, how I was playing it. That obviously, that's clearly the, the, sure what was is. going it... on. <laughs> but I was I, on easy mode, but then have... it would
1: eventually get to higher modes because I could make the island in a way that you couldn't. I, I must have have made the you know found the one copy of the ROM that was already set to hard when I got it. So. Um, we should talk about points here. We, we, obviously you get different points values for picking up the fruits. Um, and I didn't, I just playing it. It's not really discernible. At least for me, I wasn't able to figure uh, out in why. My notes have
0: an entire grid of what right. you get for each fruit. I'm just saying. So,
1: yeah, but there's, <laughs> I, I guess if you, if you eat them in, in like, as long as you keep eating them in a certain order, like if you eat four strawberries in a row or something, you get a big bonus. I'm not sure. Well, no, it's more just the
0: second third and fourth of a given fruit give you a bonus even if you eat a strawberry then so like the strawberries go like 100 200 300 400 and then if you get them all you get a thousand point bonus whereas like say the grapes are 300 600 Ah, 900 1200 and then a 3000 point bonus for getting them all so it's all about getting all of them so you get that ten thousand point bonus but the melons are worth the most because those are 400 800 1200 and 1600 so you always go for the melons (laughs) that's that's the, the 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 point of this game is swimmers always go for the melons I wouldn't know. I never got that far. <laughs> it's also um, um, Okay, one thing I really like about this game, speaking of what this game is really about, is that uh, the cutting room floor, you know, it's like we've talked about a few times yeah, where there's right unused right. graphics. Mm-hmm. So in this, um, there are some unused graphics discovered by the cutting room floor, of course. There are some mm-hmm. vertical logs, so which don't appear. So that would be interesting. I guess maybe they were supposed to come down really quickly or so. There's also an unused palm tree, which I guess was supposed to be on the island, but it's not. <laughs> it's like so and on cutting your floor he says what's a tropical island without palm trees it's swimmer that's what it is (laughs) and um and there's two blocks of text hidden in the audio cpu so encoding the audio cpu there's the first block lists the developer credits and the second block is a copyright notice so it's sort of a way they were hiding some copyright info in case this game got ripped off they'd be able to it and, and the cutting room floor dug it up but my favorite thing is the way cutting room floor describes the game because remember how I said in the manual it describes it that weird way that it is a, a microprocessor based coin operator electronic right. game that so <laughs> much better description I think from the cutting room floor it says swimmer completely redefines the guy endlessly swimming upstream past giant logs and killer crabs genre <laughs> so there you go it's a genre and it's completely redefined by swimmer <laughs> <laughs> That's an awesome site. I like it. We will link to it again.
1: Okay. So let's talk about the tech stuff for a little bit here. Um, you said, as you said, it was a microprocessor control game, which means it had a, a Zilog Z80 at 3.072 megahertz for the main CPU. The sound CPU is also a Zilog Z80 clocked at two megahertz. And it had a couple of general instrument, AY8910s uh, for the sound chips. It's a, A two-player alternating, eight-way joystick, and one button for dive. And that's really all there is to it for the tech. What about the cabinet, Carrington? so colorful it will
0: melt your brain mm, yeah <laughs> i all those un- pictures whoa
1: <laughs> real and the first picture
0: i saw of it, i thought well this must be like a retrofit one or something this can't be how it came oh no this is how it came so it's a typical century shape so it's angular the cutouts on the side of the monitor slightly lean back monitor uh, in fact i looked it up and this is known as the century type a cabinet and the control panel is known as the century type b control panel mm. so collectors will know what that means in a way that i didn't uh, <laughs> (laughs) Uh, But basically, it's the same shape and same control panel kind of used by Guzzler and Time Pilot and Vanguard and Phoenix and a whole bunch of games. So this is, you know, very standard century stuff. What separates this cabinet, I think, is just the colorfulness of it. It has tons of art. So we start with it's got full height side art. In fact, not just full height, but it completely covers the sides and it's cut out in the, the shape of the cabinet. And I and I really like the the look. In the middle of the side art is the the big swimmers logo, and on the bottom half shows the eponymous swimmer and some cartoony turtles and lightning bolts and crabs with big jagged pincers and up top there's this tropical image with some fruit obviously and and more fish and the whole thing is ringed by orange and red stripes i mean i dig the look it's bright it's uh it's energetic uh it would make the game really stand out in an arcade or in a collection um and in the front of the cabinet it's got the a very colorful marquee up top with the swimmer logo in sort of a a washed out red and blue though i don't know. seeing the colors of the logo and i can't tell whether it was supposed to originally be a bright red which i think would have been more suitable and maybe it's just really faded for some reason and something's going on where a lot of these cabinets have very faded marquees but the way it normally appears now is almost a peach color logo with a light blue and it doesn't match the rest of the coloring on the cabinet including on the side so it weirdly it seems to have a, a marquee that fades anyway odd. um yeah totally odd i'm like why why would this happen it doesn't seem to happen in other games but for some reason swimmer in particular or maybe they just did poor coloring for the marquee there's something funky going on with the marquee but i don't know what um control panel is nice it's got you know controls in the middle or the control in the middle the away joystick uh a little instruction card on the left player start and right buttons over to the right uh there's like i said upon it's um a, not a this pon- it's a i keep using that word it's a ambidextrous cabinet you know so the, just got the Uh, one dive button, but one on each side Uh, around the monitor. So that like what we've talked about so far would be most cabinets would be done, but not here. They went crazy on swimmer. So around the monitor, there's a bezel and unsurprisingly also bright and colorful art all the way around it. And above the, the, monitor and below the marquee is the swimmer uh, sorry is the speaker grill which is often that's where it is in cabinets they put art on the speaker grill <laughs> like it's <laughs> like what so i'm like no one puts art on the speaker nope they they, they made it all bright and colorful and so cool it has um down below uh where the the kick plate area is and the coin art got art there and it's all really colorful, colorful. it's got over over the face plate like basically um on on the inside of the cabinet like you're standing at the control panel you're looking at the monitor it's in front of you and there's the little kind of walls that that are on either side of the the monitor there's art on the inside of those (laughs) so i'm like really yep basically if there was a space on this thing except on the very top of it where no one see for all you know maybe there's art there i don't know but there's art everywhere it's bright it's colorful it's one of the most vibrant cabinets of any game we've ever discussed and whether or not the game is a total winner. The cabinet is great. I mean, somebody really put a lot of effort in to make it beautiful. I think it suits the feeling of the game. I give it a total A plus. I think it's a gorgeous cabinet. So really, really nice. Price wise, there are lots of discussions online about people who have picked it up for like a hundred bucks. Working cabinet, so generally very cheap. But in general, prices for century cabs, like a lot of others, are like on the rise, and it seems to go two hundred to three fifty. And some places I've seen from individuals twice that from shops. There was a cocktail cabinet. That's a generic cocktail cabinet that has barely any art. It's a real letdown compared to the the, the Mm full-size cab. Um, Some interesting things is there's a photo on Century.net of a swimmer cocktail cabinet that was found still sealed up in the original shipping box and never opened. So they have a whole article about an unopened swimming cocktail cabinet. And the photos of it are just photos of the outside of the box because it never so got opened. Open. So supposedly, according to the label, inside there is a cabinet. But eh, no actual proof of that. Um, if you're interested in the game but not the cabinet, which seems, honestly, the reverse of what it should be, but the PC, the PCB is currently available at quarterarcade.com quarter for just 100 bucks. So you can get a guaranteed working PCB for this for $100. Um, and the last thing is, there's a great write-up. When I was reading about the cabinet, a great write-up on the Golden Age... Uh, Arcade Historian site, which is that All in Color for a Quarter site. Love that site. Uh, back in August, he did a write-up about some annual financial reports from Allied Leisure and Century. And it's really Interesting. He got them from the public library of all places. And one neat thing is the financial reports have details about the release dates and sales numbers for some games, including Swimmer. So he ha- he does the math and some guesswork, and he figures oh, cool. out that Swimmer probably sold 877 units for a total 1.49 million dollars, which is an average of 1700 per cabinet. And then you can find a whole bunch of other things about like from both Allied and Century like numbers of cabinets sold and in what year and, and all the pricing and, the, and and sort of how things go up and then how they go down. Fascinating stuff. I never read anything like this before. So we'll have a link to that in the show notes. So if you're interested in that kind of detail from back in the day, this is the first time I've ever read anybody looking into it. And he did a great job. And, and what a smart idea to go and find these in the library and then do a report on them. So really good
1: site, really good report. And we'll have a link to that in the show notes. So there you go. Well- well, maybe they only sold 876 and one box full of bricks that nobody's opened, so we don't know. <laughs> could be. <laughs> you know, in back back then, especially 82, 83, uh, arcades, you know, the, the floor space in arcades tended to be at a premium. The, the operators would shove as many cabinets as they could into what little space they had just to generate quarters and stuff. And so as awesome as that cabinet is, it's kind of a shame to, to sort of think and realize that. Most of those were probably just shoved in next to other cabinets and nobody ever really saw the side art. Mm-hmm. Even today, when you go to most arcades,
0: you can't see the side art because they're all beside each other. I like at The underground retrocade they have that one line mm-hmm. that are on an angle. So you can, and it really shows off the cabinet. So, if, and, and that's totally what I would do if I had a bunch, put them on the angle, because I love the side art. I love cabinets that have that. And, and I, and I, I, treasure that part of them. I like the, in, the industrial design and I like I like arcade cabinets just as a thing. Like, I enjoy the games and the gameplay, but I also love the aesthetics of the cabinet, the cabinet itself, just as a physical object, just as an art object. I really like them and appreciate them. So I want to see the side art and feel the controls. Sure. But, I'm sorry,
1: <laughs> I'm going to drop into the ad read. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and you know, the, the, we've talked about it before. The, the cabinet does affect the gameplay and, and how it's different from... Playing at home uh, on uh, with Mame, Mame is great, but you know when you're when you're seeing it on your ultra sharp flat screen um, um, LCD monitor, it's it's a different experience. And you know we talked about like the the way the speakers are mounted into the into this, these wood grain uh, cabinets affected how it how the game sounded and gave you sort of a rich deep bass sound. And that's why Donkey Kong on Mame sounds like garbage because because that's the actual sound being it, it's. Lives in lives in the circuits before you know when it's generated and when it comes out through those speakers, it's a wonderful crisp sound and, and draws you in. And when you're playing it on Mame at home, it just doesn't sound very good. So I like it better when Donkey Kong and Mame used to use the samples instead. It sounded oh, better yeah. before they corrected yeah. it. And some people actually go back and and they will go and get a um, you know get an old copy of Mame and just that one or two ROMs, just the one or two ROMs that they need because the original ones had um, simulated sound. Um, which when you play at home sounds a lot better. Um, Mm -hmm. The game was created by Nishizawa and Ishizuka, who I guess are a a well-known team of developers in Japan. They later became the core of a company called Westone, and they were the developers of the Wonder Boy slash Monster World saga, which I guess is a big deal. That's so funny. I was just going to say, and they are better known as Bub and Bob, from (laughs) (laughs) but we went a different way with that. Okay. Well, and since we're talking about uh, that sort of trivia, the, the turtles, crabs, and water bugs all end up showing up in Mario Brothers, the, the arcade version of Mario Brothers, uh the next year.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah, Mario Bros., what would have been the next year? Huh. Though I don't know if they're really copying these ones in particular, but this sort of enemy shows up. I doubt Swimmer was really that influential.
1: <laughs> well, this is just from the main info file that I'm reading. Uh, the game... Doesn't look like it was ever ported to anything. It did show up in uh, on the Microsoft Xbox in 2005 as part of the Tecmo Classic Arcade, but I think that was actual emulation rather than rather than a port. Or they wrote the code to make it look like the original, not not a um, not a remake or a sequel or anything like that. So oh, but did you read the reviews? I did not. Oh. <laughs> Let me Uh-oh. read you one of the reviews. Because uh, it, it, yeah, it was
0: 2005 it was released on that. Like you say, the, it was the Tecmo Classic Arcade Collection. Uh, so I read some reviews of it because I tried to... Because you're right. It was ported to nothing but this, it seems. So... Um, Here, for instance, is what Eurogamer had to say about it when it was released in 2005. Particularly the swimmer part of the game. Next on the menu, we're treated to the bizarre swimmer. Seeing as it's 1982, it's hardly surprising that the animations are awful. The color scheme as (laughs) garish as you can get, and the gameplay as repetitive as you can imagine. Oh, Mm -hmm. and the warbling little ditty is terrifyingly (laughs) annoying to boot. One star out of five! (laughs) So, I really don't think they like any of it, but they were... The reviews of the Techno Classic Arcade would generally point out, like they would say, this whole collection is terrible. But I want to particularly point out how bad Swimmer is. Like it was (laughs) panned. Like they would, retroactively, this is now, you know, 20 years later this thing comes out and they want to say, I want to take this time to restate how much I don't like Swimmer. Boy, the reviews were harsh in general, but particularly harsh on Swimmer, which I found very funny and unfair. So this was a... a Stand out of bad in a pile of bad. <laughs> totally. Now, in the game, uh, three more things we should talk about. I want to talk about the meter that fills up on the side. I want to talk about diving. And I want to talk about the the chance to win a free game after you die that never worked for me. Never worked for me either. Okay. okay 150 so let's get, tries. I want to go in this order. Okay. So we haven't mentioned that on the right-hand side, there's a meter that fills up. And I like that mechanic in the game. Because you're swimming up a river. And if it was just nothing to show you your progress it would feel indeterminate like it was like where am i how long is this going and i like the fact that in a game like this it has this little sort of meter that's showing you here's your progress along this river and it fills up and we get to the end you're at the end of the level and then you'll start again i think that's really good it's a little detail but i really like it so i think that adds a lot to the game i want to point it out diving however there's that lag after you press the button before you you dive down that killed me so often mm-hmm. and i me and too. i And I tried to give it the benefit of the doubt that what's going on here is just like you press dive, so he's got to take a big breath and then go under. I really just think it's... Crappily programmed, <laughs> and it should be instantaneous, and it really makes the game a lot harder than it needs to be by having that weird lag, which I think was consistent, but it 's enough of a lag that you know because you only you dive under these logs, you kind of have to time it you can 't just dive under and stay under as long as you want you 're diving under and swimming forward, so you really have to time it, so you 're trying to dive you know as late as possible when you 're approaching a log. But you have to still hit the button before you want to actually dive. And and I don't like that at all. So I think that's the real downside to the game is that diving lag. That bugged me. You hear that swimmer? You bugged me.
1: <laughs> that's right, why my review, review in so 2005.
0: Man. But, um, but there's, then there's that thing at the end, which, again, is something I really like. So... You die eventually. (laughs) All swimmers must eventually die, nibbled to death by an carpy or whatever. And then you get this thing on screen that says chance for extra. And it shows a two-digit number on the left and a rapidly changing two-digit number on the right. And it took me ages to realize the two-digit number on the left are the last two digits of your score. So it's sort of like you're going to play a slot machine game with your score. And then you press the dive button to stop the changing number. And if the two sets of numbers match, then presumably you get an extra life. But like you, Mike, I lost every time. <laughs> Eventually I started thinking it's totally rigged because it should be one out of 10 times I get the score. But no, no, I, no, I did not. Um, I always lost. Alas, because the score can be any multiple of yep. 10. So really, there can be two numbers, both of which end in zero. So it should be a one in 10 chance of getting, but I played far more than 10 times, and I never won. So something's up. Yeah, you,
1: you would think out of 150 games, I would have hit at least once, and I didn't. So. <laughs> totally. so, cheating, so, cheating. Yeah. No and,
0: but that's the thing is, I don't know whether that means you get a full free new game like you put in a quarter or and you got bonus. a whole free play, or just one extra swimmer. I don't know, because I, I kept playing. I kept thinking, well, eventually I'll find this out, and I don't know, and it wasn't mentioned in the manual. So somebody else probably knows this. I'm sure they'll write in they and tell us
1: how stupid we are for <laughs> not figuring
0: this out. For not, or that maybe there's a thing like you can press like a, a
1: certain time to win or something to game the system but. I don't know. Yeah, um, I I can definitely see the appeal of this game. It was very, I had a hard time and it was frustrating and and that that music drove me over the edge. Um, I don't know that I will play the game again just because of the music, you know, requiring me to find a a pair of headphones in my favorite, you know, arcade ambiance sound or something to to drown it out. But uh, it's a tough game. Uh, and And it punishes you it's it 's you know if you if you get even close to those logs, sometimes it felt like i wasn 't even close and, and it would kill me, but so i don't i 'm sure that was just my frustration expressing itself, so the game itself looks like it 's probably pretty good i 'm just not good at it. I dug it. I love the cabinet, I really enjoy the game i don 't like the sound.
0: The music is annoying, and I don't like the lag on the, the dive button, but everything else is a winner for me. I, I really enjoyed the game.
1: And there's not much other sound going on. I mean, there's a few, like, water-splashing sounds as you swim by certain monsters and stuff, but other than that, it's mostly just that stupid music on repeat. Yep. Oh, and it's not, it's not a like Mappy can have music on
0: repeat and you never get bored of it. This one (laughs) graded on me within game two. I was like, Oh no,
1: (laughs) this is not going to hold up well at all. I I would not say that this was, this was a boring or something that bored me at all. The music more it, it. <laughs> it sent me to to anger and rage and <laughs> violence and smashy screens and that sort of thing so Some how badly bad did I lose smashy screen time how badly did i lose well
0: i I expect very badly because I made it well past the crap and you never oh, got there so um yeah, so my best score the 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 day or the best score of uh, two weeks ago, rather, <laughs> was 40, 42,650, oh, 42650, which is a, a pretty good score, I think. For the longest time, the world record was like 92,000 or something. Mm-hmm. It's not anymore. Um, but still, I was getting like halfway, almost halfway to the world record. So I felt really good about my score. <laughs> so go me, 42,650. Who would have thought Swimmer is my game? Uh,
1: the, the, what about the you, score, Mike? The, the world record was that low because nobody wants to play this game. Uh, <laughs> I uh 150. One hundred and fifty Carrington. I got past the crab. I thought you were saying twice. your score was one hundred and fifty. <laughs> well, pretty close. I got past the the crab at the end of, of the, the first track twice, two times, twice. Well and, done. Uh, Shut <laughs> up. So, all right. So, what are we playing next week, Carrington? Well, no. What's your score? <laughs> oh, I didn't say. Uh, eight thousand seventy eight zero seven zero. I won, and you lost. And
0: we should just focus on that. <laughs> been a while. You've been wiping uh. the floor with me week after week, so go Carrington. We should talk yeah. about the high score, yes. though. It's interesting stuff has yes, happened with this high in no interesting stuff is happened with the world record high score which I do not have <laughs> like, so mm-hmm. um, when I was reading trying to find who had the world record I found a, uh, an article from April 23rd of 2010 so very recently about Steve Wagner setting a new world record on Swimmer so I'll have a link it's over Twin Galaxies I'll link to that in the show notes now this ends up not being the standing world record but it was really interesting because I saw this first and I thought oh excellent and it says um, congrats goes out to Steve Wagner for setting a new world record on the arcade classic Swimmer hear that Mike classic swimmer of <laughs> uh, Steve scored 132,830 um, to eclipse Steve Harris's previous world record of 92,430. Steve's score was achieved at the Richie Knuckles Classic Arcade uh. in Flemington, New Jersey. So I'm thinking, hey, that's now I know what the high score is 132,600. But that's not the current high score because a n- new high score was set since then. So then it turns out in f- so the previous score had been been held for quite a while. And then Steve Wagner comes in in uh, April of 2010, sets a new world record. Excellent. February 2011, Grant Carlin gets listed in, in Twin Galaxies as a new high score holder of 145,810. I'm like, oh, poor... poor um Steve well don't cry a river for Steve because <laughs> then in October 2011 Steve's like nah and he comes back and gets a new world record again of 150,400 so he currently holds what i think is the actual world record 150,400 but it's so funny how the score stood for quite a while and then new high score new high score new high score <laughs> like suddenly a couple people got motivated i guess and so yeah, um it's been battling so it's it stayed still since 2011 but that's the current high score but it was really uh it contested there for a
1: while Yeah, once once the uh once the competition heats up especially if you got guys who are um players who are good at at uh at arcade games or or a certain game it can it can get really interesting And with a game like this, which isn't super high scoring, and I didn't get that far in, it's not like I made it to the island
0: five or six times or something. My games were not that long, and I was getting to, well, what previously was halfway to the high score, but I I have more than 25% of the current world high score. So it wouldn't take that long a game to beat this high score, it's just that, you know, and, and the world and the, the twin galaxy settings are on the settings, settings we were playing, where you you get a free swimmer every ten thousand. So, um, you know, he, he would have had fifteen free swimmers huh. at that time. But you simply start to lose them. It's a hard enough game that it'll just by attrition it whittles away your swimmers. It's not a game where you can rack up hundreds of extra lives and take a break. I don't think it is a very long game to play to make the world record. So what I'm saying, Mike, is you should go for it. I will. <clears throat> I will not be doing that, Carin. Oh, that's disappointing. Maybe you can go for a world record on next week's game. That was a smooth segue, baby. That was a smooth segue.
1: Man, you were good. <laughs> you'd, be, you'd be even better if you didn't mention it.
0: No way. My mentioning has uh, excellent sound to it. And <laughs> what would next week's game There's sound dulcet like? tones,
1: ladies and gentlemen. Here's what we're playing next week. <laughs>
0: I'm going to get the world record next week.
1: You go right ahead. And then I'm Grant gonna...
0: Carlin will get it the week after. And then Steve Wagner and then you. I'm going to so be ready. away
1: from this game as far as I can. Be ready. Bye, everybody.
0: You've been listening to No Quarter, the classic arcade podcast. Feedback can be sent by email to no quarter at monsterfeet.com, or you can find us on Facebook as No Quarter Podcast, and on Twitter we are at No Quarter Show. You can also find us on both the Throwback Network and the Real Retro Junkies Network. All of these links plus the show notes are available at monsterfeet.com, and like all Monsterfeet podcasts, the original material in this episode has been released to the public domain.
1: Are <laughs> you chuckling? Because <laughs> you're funny and you make me
0: laugh. I am funny. Mm-hmm.